Welcome to the second part of my speech in Almaty. Get inspired, get motivated and learn that every one of us has a chance to have it all. If you haven't listened to the first part yet, do it now. You will never regret it. So what, is, what was the best decision that I made with my wife? Was to have a baby. It was not an easy decision for a guy that couldn't see a role mother in his family, how it looks like to have a family. And to have a baby, you have to commit. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. But nevertheless, we said, let's have a baby. It didn't turn out so easy that we thought. So we were trying one year, nothing. We were trying two years, second year, nothing. We were embarrassed. We went through every emotion that you can imagine. We were asking ourselves questions. What is wrong with us? Why is God doing this to us? What we did to him? Why can't we have a baby? My wife, she didn't want to give up. I said, I will stand by her as a man and support her in her goal and my goal to have a baby together. I still remember when, when we went into the first IVF procedure. We were so hopeful. We were programming our subconscious mind. We were chanting, we were positive. Everything you read in the books, everything you heard from other speakers. I even went in 2007, I went to a seminar for 14 days. I paid 20,000 euros just to learn how to reprogram my mind and her mind because I thought there is something in our subconscious mind. I will find and figure this out. But, you know, I'm de delivering all the, the lectures from stage. And it's not easy sometimes to leave your own lectures. You have to be positive. You have to have right beliefs. I knew every shit. But I couldn't live it. I couldn't manifest. And for the first time in my life, it struck me. I said, huh, I don't have any control. I'm lost. I can make a goal to make a million. I make a million. I can set a goal to have a new car. I buy a new car. I can set a goal and say, this is the house I want to have. I have a house. Wow, I want to have a baby. No baby. It's not in my hand, it's in maybe in some other hand. Second year, nothing. Third year, nothing. Fourth year, nothing. Fifth year, nothing. Sixth year, nothing. Seven year, nothing. Eight years, nothing. I will never forget the humiliation that I went through as a man. Going to hospitals and doing the handwork in some small, shitty places, when you hear the secretary typing. I can talk about be focused, don't get distracted, but I tell you what, I couldn't focus. I was shit at this. And I was good on stage telling people how to focus. 
I will never forget the time that we cried. Not me crying in front of my wife. Because it's not good to cry for a man. And doctors told us to give up. Literally they said, give up. Give up. After nine, give up. Doesn't make sense. You won't have a baby. Your case is one in 10,000. Do, don't you understand? So we thought about quitting. Like, we thought about quitting. We said, okay, if we can't have a baby in a natural way, we can have a baby. We can adopt a baby. So if this way is not working, maybe we try another way. In business, it's the same. Sometimes some shit is not working. Would you agree? It's not working. You, are, you do everything that speaker says. You do everything. With the energy, with the passion, you have right belief, but it's not working. And then you think about quitting. And we decided to adopt the baby. We went into the procedure, adoption procedure. Two months into the adoption procedure, we were laying in the bed at night, and I heard a voice. I don't know if you believe that, but I think that it's, it's, there is something more powerful than, than we think. I heard a voice. I heard this voice telling me, Smiljan, try one more time. I remember we were laying in the bed. Here is my wife, here is me. I just got this feeling like, Smiljan, try one more time. I said to my wife, Helena, we have to try one more time. I said, what? I said, with IVF procedure, something told me we can have a baby. We have to try one more time. She said, Smilia, I'm not doing it again. I have enough. Let's adopt a baby and stop with this. You see, I'm 120 kilos already. No. I said, no, please, baby, do it. And then, for the last time, we decided in the bed, okay, we're going to try one more time. I remember praying, dear God, if you believe in us that we are going to be good parents, please give us a baby now. We will never, never, ever try to have our own baby. If you believe, that we're gonna raise him in good faith, please give us the baby now. And we go into the IVF procedure for the ninth time. And on the 4th of July, 2010, for the first time in nine years, for the first time in nine years, <laughs> I saw the fucking plus on the clear blue. It was not that easy next nine months. She had to stay in the bed and we almost lost a baby. But on 10th of September, as you know, we got our daughter Sima. Sima actually means treasure. 
Was it a miracle? I don't know. I am not the one to judge. But I know it was a word that starts with letter P. Persist. Persistence. Persistence. Tomorrow you go home and you will have appointments and business meetings and you will get rejected and you will be about to give up. I want you to hear these words. One more time. Repeat after me, please. One more time. Как скажешь по-русски? Yeshioras. So, and then many friends told us, many friends told us, now you don't need to adopt a baby. You have a baby, why would you adopt a baby? And we said, you know, both me and my wife, we keep promises. We keep promises. If we promise something to somebody up there, we must keep our promise. So, we went into the adoption process again. Uh, re, re, we really didn't know what, how, it, how painful it will be. I still remember the day when we saw our baby for the first time. We got the paperwork work from the lawyer and we were driving to the foster home. I don't have the words to describe how I felt. Nervous, afraid, anticipating. I'm going to see my son for the first time in my life. I won't believe we came into the foster home through these steel green doors. We went into the house, into the building, and there is a long hall. I, I think it's like a 50-meter hall. Nobody's there. You don't hear a soul. And we see one lady coming down the hall with a small boy. We look at each other, we say, you think it's our baby? She said, yes, it's our baby. We hugged him, we got into the room, we played with him 15 minutes, and then this lady came back into the room and she asked a question. Time is over. Will you have a baby? Yes or no? <laughs> yes or no? It's fucking yes. It was yes two years ago. You don't make these decisions on the spot. You make these decisions before. And I will never forget the time when Sima met her brother for the first time. It was the most beautiful moment in my life. Can we play a video? 
Pride, bratec pride. Ja, ne boš mu nesla igračka, ljubica. Lej, brateca pride. Kdo je tukaj? Samuel je. Gde? Gde mu ljubčeka? To je bratec, ja. A je tvoj bratec? Kdo je tam? I felt complete at that time. And then, we were standing in front of these green steel doors. I'm holding Samuel, and I say to him, Samuel, look back. Look back. This is the place that you will never ever see again. This is your past that you will never experience. And this is your future where your life begins. And you know what? He didn't want to turn and look to the past. As hard as I was trying to show him his past, he didn't want to look. He was turning away, like telling me, Daddy, let's go, let's run, let's run from this shitty place. I go to the restaurant, we sit down, we have pizza for the first time. I write down, Smilian, never look back to your fucking past. Look to the future. If the son, 15 months, years old, can understand, why wouldn't you? And so many times, we look back to the past. We even go behind the steel green doors and we close them down and we say, we won't go out because there is more comfortable. I thought, wow, this is the life I wanted to have. My life is complete. I mean, it was complete. I had a baby, I had a second baby, I had a family, this is my dream. I have nice business, a lot of money coming in, great cars, vacation homes, a great relationship with my wife, kids, I mean, everything. But, deep down, inside, I felt, something is missing. Something is missing. Anybody had this feeling that something is missing? I didn't know what was missing, but I knew something is missing, missing. And for the first time in my life, I was ready to see the truth. I was ready to see the truth, and I was ready to stop lying and look the truth into my eyes and asking myself tough questions.
For example, is my life really working? Is my business really working? Is my head really working? Is my relationship with my wife really working? I mean, I have two kids. They're six, seven years old. Is my relationship with them really working? Do I do what I promised that I will do? Am I a father that I promised to them that I will be? Am I a husband that I promised to my wife? Even if I don't know how to be a real husband, nobody taught me that. Anybody knows the school that teaches you how to be a man and a husband? Is there any school that teaches you how to be a man and a husband? There is no freaking school that teaches you how to be a man. You only hear the words, hey, be a man. Be the man. Be the man. Okay, I'm the man. What should I do? I go out and I make money. Okay, that's one thing. I go out and I make money. I'm the man. Yeah, I'm the man. Okay, and then what I do? I come home and I have sex. Yeah, I'm the man. Am I the man? Is my life really working? <laughs> you know what? We are lying all the time to ourselves. I had these two lives. I had two lives, you know? I know many successful people that have two lives. One life is, I had a life that I wanted for others to see. Okay, one life on the stage, one life in social media, and then I had this other life that was inside of myself, knowing that something is missing. Couldn't understand what, didn't want to understand, didn't know how, what to do, or maybe didn't want to do something about it. And then I looked the truth into my eyes, and here was the whole truth. The whole truth was like that. I spend more time, I spend more time with my employees, salespeople, and directors than I spend with my kids and my family. This was the truth. The truth was that I spend more time on social media communicating with people that I don't know, helping them, saving their lives, instead of spending time with my kids. When was the last time that I took my wife out on a date? I mean, I created the date. I asked for the date. I don't remember. Maybe 20 years ago. It was not easy to look the truth in your eyes. It's not. And then, when I found out, I'm lying to myself. I don't know even how to be a man. I'm away from home five months a year, and I tell to myself and to others that I have to go on conferences, I have to go places, I have to grow. It's because of my business. I'm working, 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 busy, 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 working, working, busy, busy, thinking that I have to provide for my family, that this is the only thing I have to do. I don't have, I don't have a clue how to be a man. My father didn't, didn't Tell me, show me. I knew something. I don't want to live like my father did. I don't want to have the relationship that he did with my, with my mother. Not respecting, not loving, not appreciating, fighting. At the end, they divorced. I didn't want to have that life. But all I knew, work, work, work. Provide, provide, provide. Bring money, bring money, bring money. And I neglected relationship with my queen. Oh, okay, I might say, say that I was a good husband. 
I appreciated her, her. She was in my business. But did I take enough time to spend with her? No. No. And then I started myself questions like, who am I? <laughs> like, who am I? Who, who do I want to become and who I wanted to become 20 years ago? And, and am I the man that I wanted to be in 20 years? What is my purpose? <laughs> I was doing, after teaching this shit to other people, I was doing seminar on myself. It was a hard job. I didn't know how to be a man. All I knew that the man doesn't cry. If you're a man, you don't cry. And you, you don't show emotions. <laughs> For sure you don't show emotions to your queen because yeah, you, you have to protect her. <laughs> you don't show emotions to your wife. You don't cry in front of your wife. You don't admit that it hurts. You don't admit that you are confused. You don't admit that you don't have a clue how to be a father. You don't admit that you are going five months a year away from home just to escape the responsibility to be a father. I couldn't, I couldn't take on the role of being a father, so I was lying, but I couldn't find this out like that. I had to go deep down in myself and dig it out. Why am I away from home? Is this really for my growth? If I'm talking about how I value my family, my kids, and here I'm not spending time with them, what is wrong with me? Do you know somebody that is telling and preaching some stuff and not living it? And you know and you realize, but you don't live it. <laughs> I was even jealous about my, not my, but the grandfather, Helena's father. I was jealous about him. I was jealous of him. When he came in our home, kids were happier to see him then when I came home, I was, I was jealous when my kids said to me, Grandpa! Grandpa! I mean, my father. Oh, shit. It, it, it was hurting, but I didn't do anything about it. It's not that easy. And then we think, as a man, we are superhuman. We don't feel, we don't show emotions. We don't say it's hard. We push, we push, we push. And then I started to look around myself, all the successful men, and I saw the same pattern. Working, 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 living a life of one-dimensional life, business, business, business. And then I saw some people, some men, living two-dimensional life, it means they had good business and great body. Business gym, business gym. I didn't see many people living a life of a husband, a father. Last eight months that I'm talking about that, many men come to me, they admit the same. I don't know how to be a father. I don't know how to be a businessman. I know how to be a businessman, but I don't know how to be a father and a husband. I certainly don't know and nobody taught me how to be all, <laughs> how to be a man, 
a businessman, a husband, and a father, and take time, sometime also for yourself. Nobody taught me that. Anybody taught you that? Nobody taught you that. I said, shit, I have to figure this shit out. It's not easy. And yesterday, after I had an interview with uh, Marshall, there was my assistant, Mo. We were sitting on the sofa. She's 19 years old. And I, I asked her a question. I said, Mo, have you ever seen your daddy cry? She said, what about if we call Mo on stage? Mo! Mo! Where are you? Ah! Mo! She is perfect assistant. So, Mo, they give her a round of applause. We didn't plan this, trust me. <laughs> we didn't. I had to record the video when she was speaking because what she said, I think, every man and every woman should see. So I literally asked her, Did you, have you ever seen your daddy cry? And I answered you that I have never seen my father cry. Well, the one part of it that my parents got divorced when I was three, but another part of it that I'm from Tajikistan, that's the country in Central Asia near the Kazakhstan. And all the Central Asian countries have the same culture, where the man never cry. I'm pretty sure everyone wears it. When the boy grow up, no one tell him that you have to cry to feel less pain or something like that. They say, no, get up, stand up. You, have no, you don't have any chance to cry. You don't have to show your emotions to anyone because you are the one who has to protect. You are the one who has to be the example of others and you should not cry. So when the child hears this every time he wants to cry, what well, he does, he grows up and he never allows himself to show his emotion. And then, sorry, I asked her, would you take a man that is crying? And she said, I will reconsider that. Why? What happened when you went to United States? It was an interesting experience. I went to United States for the um, flex program and I had my host family. And my host father, one time we were sitting at the t dinner table and we were talking about something and I saw a tear in his eye and I was shocked. Trust me, I was literally shocked and I was standing in that place and I was like, how come? How come a grown-up man, he has two children, he has work, he has to deal with bills, he has to deal with the problems, he cries? I would never cry about such thing that he was crying. But then I realized that maybe it's okay. Maybe, maybe it's okay to anyone in this world to show emotions. No matter the gender, no matter the age, no matter the quality of your life, no matter what you think inside, it's okay. It's okay to show your emotions. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be the one who are you in your family. It doesn't mean that you're not strong enough, or it doesn't mean that you're not a barrier, or it doesn't mean that uh, we should not take an example from you. It just means that you are who you are. The strong people also cry. The weak people cry. But it's really important to show your emotions. And then, your question, back to your question. 
I really did reconsider my attitude towards this. I decided, yeah, if I ever get a man next to me who is willing to show his emotions to me, I will be very grateful. Yeah, every man is a warrior. In Central Asia, every man is the one, a soldier, who stands up. And this wall that I will have in front of me, I want at the end of the day this guy to turn his back to the world and his face on me and show his emotions. And cry and laugh and smile and tell the stories, but be the real person, the strong person. The one that I, will, I want my kids to have an example of. And the one who is, thinks it's okay to cry, because it's what makes us strong, to be a realist. Thank you, Mo. <laughs> you are courageous girls. Thank you very much. Give a big round of applause to my sister. So we don't cry, huh? Okay. And then we think we are alone, that something is wrong with us, something is missing, and nobody understands us. And then my wife goes, Smirian, you are working too much. And I go, you don't understand. I have to bring money in. You don't understand. I'm pushing hard. And I don't see that she's also working hard, getting up earlier than me, taking kids to school, going to our office, work all day, picking kids from school, doing all the homework, cooking, cleaning the house. She's doing much more than I'm doing. But ah, you don't understand. I'm making money. Oh my God, how wrong I was. Let's see. Uh-huh, and then, no, I, I actually, at that point, I saw what, what is going on with me, you know? There are two common diseases that you must be aware of if you want to become the entrepreneur. One is burnout and other one is boredom. Burnout and boredom. Which one you think it's more dangerous? Huh? The second one. Boredom is much more dangerous. When you get bored in your business, you are out of the business. So, what, what happened then? Anybody watches soccer? Football? You like football? Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi? Which one? Which one? Cristiano or Messi? Messi, Messi, maestro. Ronaldo, Ronaldo. So what happened? I got my first yellow card. The first sign, huge traffic accident on the highway. All I was able to see was a picture of my two kids in front of me and me telling myself, fuck, not now, shit, not like that, kids are still young, they need me. And only because the freaking telephone. I mean, I knew it's not good to use a telephone while you are driving. And here I was staring dead into my eyes because of some shitty telephone. 
Thanks God, I'm alive today. It was the first yellow card. You remember the speech from Marshall yesterday? He said that we are putting off to go to the medical exams and check our health, and then we get a yellow card. Maybe it's too late because maybe it's already a red card. In business, sometimes it will happen. You will get signs. You won't be taken off from the field. You will still be able to play. You will get a yellow card when you see your paycheck. But you are not able to see that something is wrong with your appointments. You don't have many appointments. Here is your yellow card. Yellow card is your paycheck. But you don't see what led to this check. You get a yellow card from your wife. You get a yellow card from your kid. You get a yellow card from your parents. You get a yellow card from the doctor. But we are not ready to go off the field yet. Because we have to get what? We have to get red cards. So this was my yellow, first yellow card. Then my second yellow card. Oh, terrible back pain. I couldn't walk. And many friends told me, and joking at me, that this is because of the years. <laughs> you are getting old. The second yellow card. But the real truth was, I was not working out enough. I didn't take care of my body. So it's not maybe because of the years, maybe it's because of me not working out. Now I have how many yellow cards? Two. I should be out of the game already. But here I was. Third yellow card. High cholesterol, 8.4. The doctor wanted to take me on the medicine, to put me on the medicine, I refused. I kicked off my doctor and I got my cholesterol level back to 5.4. But here was the third yellow card. I still didn't want to see the red yellow card. And then the fourth yellow card came in. And it was 10th of October 2017 when my brand and my business were almost destroyed. After 20 years, Build my, building my businesses on the values of honesty and integrity and doing everything to serve other people, to take care of 180 people, having stable revenues, great image, great brand, everything was perfect, mm, nothing. I'm like well-known, almost like a president in my country. And then it happened, 10th of October, 2017 couple of years and one, two years before I fired some employees from my company because they were doing some shitty things that I couldn't watch anymore. I said, you are fired. Anybody here is the business owner? Okay. Did you fire anybody from the company? Okay. These guys couldn't take it. So the only thing they could do it, they couldn't fight on the court because they will lose it. The only thing they could do it is go to the media and make up some shitty story that media will buy because I'm very famous and their watching time will go up like crazy. They go out, 
they tell a shitty lie and a story that it's not true 1%. And here I was, 10th of October, 2017, 11 p.m., me and my wife, a glass of red wine, watching myself on the news, the biggest cheater and betrayer in the country. I mean, I knew, and I taught this to my children and on every seminar, it doesn't matter what other people think and talk about you. All it matters is what you think and have to say about yourself. But here I was on the stage preaching, and here I was in my living room watching <laughs> the news, I said, shit! Now I have to understand. The next day I had to go out to stand up and speak in front of 400 top entrepreneurs in my country. I felt like shit. For a while I thought, I think most men, some men would commit a suicide. I saw my business is falling apart, everything like destroying. All I knew, I, I, I hugged my wife, I said to her, everything is going to be okay. Then I went to, my, to, the, to the kids' room and I saw kids sleeping. They were quiet, peaceful. Tears starting to pour down my head. All kinds of shit and thoughts went through my head like, fuck, I'm going to sell everything, I'm going to move, I'm going to escape, I'm, I'm going to run. I would scream, I would fight, I would beat, I didn't know who. Everything I would do would make sense. I couldn't cry, I couldn't scream, I couldn't go out, blah, it was everything, blah, inside. And then the picture of my son and myself popped out when we were walking a few months before on the streets in Mariobor. And on our way back from the lunch, late lunch, he lost some toys. We get to the office and he lost toys. I said, let's go back and try to find them. I knew it's hard to find such a small toys in the dark. But anyway, we are going back. It's a winter, it's a lot of snow. You cannot see. 30 minutes, he found one toy. I said, Samuel, it's a good thing that we went back and tried to find some toys. And then he said the magic word that is going to become the worldwide brand. He said, Daddy, we are Mori family. We are warrior family. We never give up. Wow. You never give up. You never give up. This shit happens all the time. And but I learned whatever comes in your life, every experience that will happen, you have to have the strength to look the experience into the, into the eyes and just ask yourself, what can I learn from this? What decisions can I make? And I learned two big lessons that every entrepreneur should hear. And the first one, in the time of hardest and emotional hardship, you must still be focused to produce. 
because life is not easy and business is not easy. Would you agree? And we get easily distracted. It was like bombs were falling around me. Media, this, lawyers, that. Do, 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 do. But I had to, had to stay focused on my business, on my agents, and motivate them to produce. And then I realized, I wrote down, I, I wrote down a couple of decisions. Like I decided that this day, 10th of October, will be the day that my life will change completely. Upside down. I made up decisions. I wrote down. Decision number one. From today on, I'm going to become a better father. Second decision. From today on, I'm going to become a better husband. Because of this event, I'm going to become a better leader. I'm going to become a better entrepreneur, a better salesman. I just made up this decision. And then I wrote down, it was in front of my eyes. This was mantra I was telling to myself 20 years. On every, on every gala dinner that I had with my people, I said, uh, you, dear people, are my family. And I was telling, my business is my family. No, it's not. My family is my business. That it doesn't mean that I don't like my employees and salespeople, but I put my family from 10th of October first. My family is my business, not business, is my family. Then I sat down and I wrote a warrior family rules of life. And it's easy, but it's not easy to live. Don't lie. Don't lie, and I teach this to my kids and myself. It's the hardest thing that you can imagine. I teach this to my sales agents. How many appointments did you have last week? And don't lie. Don't make things up. Don't bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. And then don't make excuses. And then don't tell stories. Uh, you are lying, you are making excuses, you are telling all kinds of stories because uh, of that, because of that. And then don't be late, don't be late. It's simple rule, but trust me, it's not easy to live. And then we decided that we're going to live the warrior way of life. But first, I want to show you something. I want to show you these little creatures. You should recognize them. They should be parrots. And this is not something that I invented. This is something that my kids invented. I, I think they didn't make them, but they invented the, the animal. It happened last year in Island of Park when we spe where we spent our vacation time. And they were watching some clip with other kids that are older than they are about one girl that cut her wings and she was nine years old and she cut her wings and I go out of my mind while they were watching. And I couldn't explain them why this girl was doing that to herself. It was 11 p.m. The only thing I could say, I said, go to sleep, let's talk tomorrow. They wake up tomorrow and I ask them, what happened yesterday? We watched this clip, some young girl cutting her wings, and I said, what happened to her? Uh, she was in the school and she was a victim of bullying, 
and they were kicking around her, bitching and moaning, she's fat, she's ugly, and that's why she, she was too much under pressure, she cut her wings. And then I said, oh shit, I have to solve this problem, I am a motivational speaker. And I said, imagine left arm, hand, and the left, the right. Imagine that I have two animals in my hand, what the animals would be, and they go, they go, parrots! I said, yeah, parrots! And then I say, hey, see my Samuel, in your life, you will meet people around you that will be black parrots. They will tell you all the shit things. They will tell you, you are not capable of doing this. Hey, stop dreaming. Nothing's gonna work for you. People don't have money, they don't have this, you are fat, you are ugly. And then you will meet some people that want to support you on your way to success. Hey, you are right. Dream it. Set goals. Achieve. You are able. You can do it, man. And then sometimes we don't only meet black parrots and green parrots. We have these black parrots inside of ourselves. We have these green parrots. Oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable enough. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to fail. And sometimes we have this green parrot telling us, hey, you're good. You succeed already in the past. You can do it now. So let me know, please, which parrot you will listen from now on. Which parrot? The black parrot or the green parrot? Yeah? When I have training with salespeople, I do all training, whole training with parrots. Because in every businessman, in the salesman, it's the black parrot. When something happened today with our kids, we don't talk about how was your day in school. I only ask them, any black parrots today? Or they come home from school and they said, oh, I was bad at school. I behaved like a black parrot. How many black parrots you have at home? Some of you are sleeping with black parrots. It's not that easy. Time is over, I know. I will finish. So how do you live a warrior way of life? It's simple. I will tell you what I do now. It's so freaking simple. You have to follow six P's, purpose, patience, passion, power, productivity, and profits. And what is purpose? Jordan told you at the end of his presentation, find your why. If you don't have a family and kids yet, find another why. But there are two things, only two things that you have to do before you go out from your house and start to work on your business. Two things, not more, to find your purpose in the morning. First thing, when I wake up, first thing, I go to the washer or to the bathroom, I wash my face, I drink some water, I pee pee, and then I sit down and I do one thing. It's simple, I meditate. 10, 50, I meditate. I knew this before, but I didn't do it. Knowing and doing completely different things. Then what I do, 
I sit down and I write miracle thoughts to my kids and my wife. Actually, I have this with me. I have three journals, doesn't matter where I am. And every morning, it, take me, it takes me five, seven, eight minutes. I sit down and I write every day, I have stickers also, and I write some positive things for my kids and also for my wife. They don't call me grandpa anymore. They call me, Daddy, when do you come home? In my office, I have a sign, go home and play. Are you willing to sit down every morning and write some positive things to your kids that they can carry with themselves when they will be 30, 35, 40? Who is willing to do that? Purpose, easy, meditate, write journal, then, oh, you cannot, why, why I call this miracle journals? This is unbelievable. This is, un you should see my kids and my wife every morning. They are so excited to wake up, to grab a journal and, and read the, 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 the messages. Son, he's not able to read yet. Sima can read. She is reading like five minutes. It's changing their lives and oh my God, mine too. And talking about the wife and positive messages, a lot more sex, trust me. A lot more. You know what, what yesterday Mr. Uh, Goldsmith talked about? To count. Yeah? I'm counting how many times we had sex this year versus last year. We, we are way like last year, whole year was not like that, like this for three months. Can you imagine? It's very important. After 20 years of having a marriage, it's very important to connect with your wife. Would you agree? Would you agree? Okay. Then, how you can get power? Easy. Breathe, eat, sleep, and repeat. You have to be fit. I work out every day. In the morning, I go to kickboxing class. In the afternoon, before I get home, to get this stress out of me, I go to the gym. But it's easy. You wake up, you meditate, you write journal for yourself, for your kids, for your wife, you move your body, you move your body, 20 minutes, enough, you don't need to be a rocky star or whatever. And then be patient. Gary Vaynerchuk, who knows Gary Vaynerchuk? He is a social media guru. I met him in his uh, New York office. And he told me, Smilian, just be patient. Just be patient. I said, oh, I'm not patient. He said, just be patient. Do the work and be patient. It will pay off in the long run. And then passion. How can you find passion? It's easy. You don't need to go to thousands of seminars, reading thousands of books. The easiest way to find passion is wake up and meditate and then journal. Meditate and then journal. You don't know what to write about? Don't worry. It will come to you when you start to write, but start to write. Productivity. You have to be productive. So first thing in the morning, don't look at your telephone. Don't check emails, don't check SMS, nothing. Have weekly, monthly, 
quarterly and yearly goals and follow them and count them. And then, of course, you don't mix turnover with profits because profit is different than the turnover. And to have enough profit, you have to count everything in your business. If you're in sales, how many times did you pick up the phone this month? How many times, how many times you call up your prospects? How many appointments did you have? What is your closing ratio? You must be brutal with your numbers. There is no lying when you track everything. And then, as I started, I will finish my presentation with numbers. First is 100. This is the number that my father gave me when I asked him how proud he is of me. He said, 100. And remember, this is the same guy that kicked me out of the house. 80 is the number of days that I spend with my family on vacation. Eight is the number, only the number that I work before I used to work 14, 16 hours a day. 20 is the number that I have great relationship with my wife. And 10 out of 10 is the number of how grateful I am today to be here with you in Kazakhstan and to share my story. Thank you very much. Did you like my speech? Did you like my story? Let me know, please. Connect with me on other social media. Remember, on 1st of July, I'm launching my interview with the great Grant Cardone. Subscribe to my channel and be one of the first people to hear it. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel Smilion Mori Warrior Family.